You are listening to the Spark Influence Podcast with Spark Media founders, Peter and Misty Phillip. Spark Influence is a podcast about living a life with intention in marriage, family, ministry, and as business leaders. This show is brought to you by the Spark Media Podcast Network. Visit sparkmedia.ventures for more inspiring podcasts. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Ephesians five twenty-five to 27. This week on the Spark Influence Podcast, we're going to talk about exactly that. Husbands, love your wives as the Christ loved the church. And this is about a follow-up, essentially, to what we did last week, which is the mission field of your home is your family, but the first mission for the father, for the man, is his wife, and you should love her like you love no other. And that's what we're going to talk about this week. Yeah, I am so excited to do this episode because I think that this is something that a lot of couples struggle with as being the woman from the woman's perspective. I know a lot of women don't feel loved by their husbands in not that their husbands don't love them, that they don't love them in a way that how do I say this? So sometimes they'll see the way that you respond to me, the way that you take care of the me, the way you do things for me. And I can tell that there's something missing in their relationship with their husband. And so you have loved me very well and continue to love me well. And so I am excited to to share this episode because I think if husbands could really grasp their wife's deep need and desire to feel loved, that the more they would love them, the better they would love them and build them up because that's part of loving them is building them up and helping them to be all that they can be for Christ, then I think there would be better marriages, better homes, better families. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. And thank you for that. Uh, I I think it's a broad topic. We're we're going to 25 minutes. We're going to try to nail down why you should love your wife like you love no other. And I don't mean above Christ. I just mean in the world itself. So for a lot of men, uh, the, the man and woman relationship is a complex thing, right? Women are very different from men in most respects where it comes from how they display affection, how they absorb negativity or how they resolve conflicts. There's, a, you know, there's tons and tons of ways we could talk about this, but I'll take it from the lens of how I feel about you and how I, f- I have seen the way I treat you change you, Right. So if you want, if you're not happy with what's going on in your life and your marriage and you want to change it, it it doesn't start with you manipulating your partner. It starts with you changing the way you respond and love your partner, right? Your spouse, specifically men for women. So, you know, and this is the theme throughout all of our episodes, really it's about love conquers all of this, right? And I don't like that the term has been co-opted somewhat in the world and it has different meanings, uh, but this is the way Christ loves us, the way Christ loves the church, the way we're supposed to love you, men to their wives. So I, I find that I get great joy in being your hero. And all men do. All men want to be the hero to their wife. 
You are not the hero if you are not supportive and believe in what they're doing. And you don't have to ever believe in it, but you really should support it, right? Support them because they've got these things that they want to get done. They want to do a certain thing, whether it's a business or it's just a, a way they want to, you know, interact with the children or the way they want to keep the house. Like you need to order your relationship with your wife in a, such a way that you are always building her up. That is the first thing that I, I learned a long time ago, which is besides the fact that I just love you tremendously, right? Th- that makes things much easier, but always be supportive and, and, and understand that you need to come alongside them and help them and lift them up and be building them up. They need that support. They crave that. They want that interaction that says, I believe in you. Go do this. You can do this, girl. Like, go make it happen. And I'm here for you, and I'll support you, whether it's with money, whether it's with time, whether it's just I'm just going to sit here and listen to you talk, and you're just going to tell me about what's going on, and I'm just going to be supportive. Vitally important, right? Because um, we have these needs as couples to to have the feeling that the safest place I can be is with you. And, and women especially want a man who's going to support and protect and help grow them. If, if they feel like they're on an island and you just go do whatever you want to do, right? And, I, and all I care about is golf and my work, right? That, it's not going to go well. And that's not what God has ordered you to do, right? When, when the Bible calls the woman the help meet, what they really mean is like the woman who does everything else and just the guy, the guy does a few things, right? It, it, I say that sort of tongue in cheek, but women are just, you know, especially you in our household, you, you're just this machine that gets so many things done all the time, right? There's so much that happens just because you're around and you get it done, right? It, we make the joke about, I'll go to the fridge and open the door or the pantry and I'll be like, there's nothing to eat. And you, three minutes later, you'll come in and there's My like ninja a skills five, five come course out. meal, you know? And I'm like, where'd all that food come from? You're like, just don't worry about it, right? But that, but I, and I love that about you, right? But then when you, when you changed and wanted to, when, that, when our kids grew up and things, you know, you're like, I got to do something. Oh, I want to do something fun. And the, the Lord put it on your heart to do the podcasting and the conferences. I 100% want to support you, right? It doesn't take any, all the light shines on you if I can make that happen and make you and uplift you, then that just makes us a better, stronger couple, right? right. I'm not taking from you. I'm not, it's not a, it's very selfish thing if you're not uplifting your wife and supporting her, right? And it's um, not a competition between us either. No. Right? It's not like I do this and you do that and this is better than this or, I mean, we're, we're a unit that works together. But oftentimes for me, especially I've, I've had friends who have pursued similar paths and I've seen that their husband has not been supportive and it has not gone well for them because they didn't have the support of their husband. Yeah, some of that is insecurity in men. In, 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 so a man as the breadwinner in the house is a very specific thing. It's a well-documented, if the woman earns more than the man, there is a, sometimes the relationship can get reversed and it causes a lot of problems for the man. Like he feels very not worthy. There's just a lot of emotional and internal things that happen. So yeah, to your point, it's not a competition Right. And we have met people who the man was the home dad and the mom worked and they have a very healthy relationship, but they have, he's still the head of the house or the leader of the family, but the mom is the one earning the income and is outside and he stayed home and, and like educates and does other things. Uh, men have this problem where they feel threatened sometimes, I think, by that. I, and, and people I've worked with and the interactions we've had over time, I've seen men feel threatened, right? They maybe, they have a self worth issue. And then the moment their wife starts getting, 
some type of notoriety or success going on, and they feel threatened by it. So that's something you definitely have to, you've got to sort that out, right? As a couple, whether it's a Christian counselor or just praying and coming together as a couple and having a really deep conversation around what's going on and be open. Men are notoriously not expressive about these things, right? And so knowing that it's not a threat, it's just, it's, and I find it weird because I'm just excited and happy for all the things you do. Like you're just making stuff happen all the time. And I think it's great. I'm, I'm not, I'm not threatened by any of that. I'm, I'm, I'm a delighted that the world gets to see the person I know. I, I love that. Right. And that's how that's, that's a key to success there. Yeah. So thank you, first of all, but I do remember a point in our relationship when I was at Enron and when I was consulting at Enron, I was making more money than yeah, you you're did. making like $20,000 a year more than me. Yeah. yeah. And had I stayed on that trajectory, I could see that, that I could have become a very, not a nice person yes. and I could have had my values and the hierarchy of values could have very easily gotten out of order. Yeah. But instead, God called me home. I laid all of that down. And you listened. And I listened and yeah. I obeyed the Lord and um, submitted to his will. And then when God was ready to send me back out into the world, which I didn't even know that would be a thing, then you were super supportive but it's different now because God's done a lot of work in my heart in those years that I was home. And as he sanctified me, I'm, I'm a different person than I was, but you have always been supportive no matter, no matter what I've done. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about that Enron situation just so people get an understanding of what that really looked like. Right. I was working at a company and I was making, I don't think 65, $70,000 a year, I think somewhere around there. 75, this is in the 90s. And you were at Enron as a contractor, but you're making like $90,000. It was great money, right? Especially because I worked from home yeah. and only went to the office two before, days a this week. Is before, so. This is before. And this was there before was I ever home. worked from home. Yeah. yeah, so. And when God called you home and you listened, the blessings you didn't describe that flowed from that were we suddenly had a $90,000 hole in our income. That's a noticeable amount of money. I don't really care who you are. Unless you're Musk, you notice 90 grand not showing up in your house every year. And literally within a month of you coming home and staying there, my boss at that job said, we don't want to lose you. And they doubled my salary. Yeah. You know, that's, I'm so glad you made that point because too often times people don't see that when we are obedient to what the Lord calls us to do, there's blessing tied to there it. Is, yeah. It's not always a monetary blessing, but, no. but God knows everything that we need. And he knew that me leaving to come home had that big gap and that, you know, our kids needed to be fed. We had a lot of medical bills to pay. We had to keep a home over our roof. So for us, that obedience did equal a monetary blessing, but there's definitely blessing tied to obedience. Well, and I've seen blessings from you listening to that call that took 10 or 15 years to manifest right and just the way our relationship works and the way you you have responded to that you know so much so that you were willing and able to hear what the lord said and stayed home for a really long time and raised our kids really well and that was a sweet sweet time like it was really neat and it, our relationship mended from that from what could have been much we would probably wouldn't have stayed together yeah, you know, I think a lot of women feel like 
I have to do it all. I have to do it now. I want to have the career. I want to have the family. I want to do all these things. And and that really goes back to what we talked about in our last episode. You can't do everything no. and do it well. No. And so there is a choice. Something will be put on the altar. If you're a woman and you are working, you can work and have your family, but your family's going to get second best. And when you come home, you may not have that extra income, but your family's going to get that what's best. And so I think too many women feel like they have to have it all right now. And what they don't understand, I think the reason God has opened so many incredible doors for me, for Spark, for us, it's been number one, it's been because of your support, because I couldn't do any of this if I didn't have your backing, your genius, your support, your technical skills, all the things that you do to make Spark Media amazing. But also because I was obedient in that other season, that God can supernaturally open doors and make things happen that I don't I don't even try to happen like it just it happens for me I think as a result it's, I think it's just another tied blessing to obedience I, I agree completely and and all of that comes stems from so so let me, let me back up not everybody can afford to have one income in a house right I, I, I totally get that and that's that's more more the that's more the um, exception than the rule, for sure. So how, how does that look when both have to work and you have to have child care and, and the husband is trying to do his thing and family and there's a coordination and there's a lot of moving parts. But it's, I think what we were talking about when we started this with, it still applies. If you love your wife like Christ loved the church, if you really lift her up and put her in front of yourself, right? put her before you, which is what, and, and, I, and I mean that in the sense that you should have her well-being as the foremost thought in your head, right? That's what I have for you. Like I care very much daily what, how you are, like what's going on in your world. And I see the stressors and things that happen. And I, I should be there to alleviate. You know, men love to be problem solvers. That's when it works. That's go solve the things that are in your wife's way that are hindering her from being what she can be and what the Lord wants her to be. Not necessarily don't do that in an argument because that's when we fall down and it's like that they don't want to fix. They get by the way, just want you to listen. That took 20 years for me to figure that one out. But be the problem solver for her. Lift her up. Edify your wife. Always be edifying of your wife. Do not ever be a negative talker about your wife. Even if you feel that way and you're mad, if you speak those words out in public, you are tearing your wife down. You are, you are, you are tearing your marriage down. Yeah, and I think that that goes both not not just for men loving their wives, but also for women loving their their spouses as well. Because I've had relationships in the past where friends would tear their husbands down, and I would quickly turn the conversation because we're not to talk about our spouse in that way to others, especially. And I think the one place that we can run to, whether you're the husband or you're the wife is that you can run to God. Go tell Jesus. <laughs> you know, if you want to tell somebody about what your spouse is doing, go tell Jesus. Yeah, he's the one that's okay to tattle on your spouse too. That's right. Right. Um, Love but, my shirt that says, I'm going to tell Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. That's that's the one 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 being you can go to that, that and tell everything. But it, it, all of this goes to a deeper, like for men, if I hear that conversation, I, I've, I've actually asked them before. I'm like, well, do you, are you not happy in your relationship? No, 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 I'm, it's great. No, I'm fine. It's just, I really hate this. I really, I really don't like that. Or it's annoying or I'm putting up with it, right? Those are all, that's a deeper, 
that's a deeper problem that you need to seek your own heart out. Yes, there's annoying things that people do. I annoy you to death about some things that I do, right? And 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 I t- that's just that's just human behavior and interactions and being in close proximity all the time. Little things become big things, right? But if you are always of the mind that I love you more than any other being on this planet, right? And that I only want what's best for you always. And I told God I was going to do that to you and for you, right? When we got married, I said I would do those things. And I hold to that covenant. If you if you keep that mindset and really examine like where you are with that. Love is a powerful, powerful thing, right? It's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's not a fleeting thing. Love is a conscious decision that changes your heart. And if you do it and you do it hard and well, like if you really love them strongly, it will change the being of who you are. It it, it will. And it will change them too. So, yeah. Yeah. I know that your love for me has definitely changed me over the years. In, in our early relationship, I was very much a strong, independent woman who was very determined and career oriented. Unbroken Philly, as we and used to say, right? I was and I was hard. I mean, my heart was hard because I had a lot of hurt in my life growing up that caused me to be a little calloused. And one of the things that you really did well for me was to really, first of all, to teach me that not only do you love me, but that God loves me. I, I very vividly remember you telling me, baby, you don't feel loved. And, and I was like, no, I know you love me. And you're like, I'm not talking about my love for you. You don't feel loved. Like you don't believe that God loves you. And somehow in the depth of my being from all of the pain and grief and, and difficulty and things that happened to me growing up, I, I think I I didn't really understand what that meant. And so I think that's probably one of the the best things that you ever did for me was not only to show me what love is and to to honor me and to build me up, but also to make me realize that God forgives me and that he loves me and that no matter what I've been through, that he's always there with me and that he always loves me. Yeah, he does. It's a good thing. So I would love to ask you if there is a man listening and he's really struggling to, you know, to edify his wife or to lift her up or this whole conversation might even be foreign to him. What are some, some easy things that he can do to love his wife the way that Christ loves the church? Like, let's break that down for a minute. And, and what does that mean? I think sacrifice is going to be the first one, right? You, you're really going to need to sacrifice, whether it's, and I don't, uh, that can have a broad meaning, but it's, it's about not always wanting to be the one who is, gets his way, has his own time, does his own thing. You're not cohabitating with your spouse. You're living with them and you're married or, or, or you're just living with them, whatever the situation is. If you love them, and you really examine your heart that you love them, then you're going to need to sacrifice. It means not being right all the time. It means 
putting them in front and lifting them up, right? Because nothing's more, I mean, if you keep them on your shoulders and you're always giving them the view and the glory, it's not, glory will come to you in the return of the love from the spouse, right? And it's not about, it's not a competition. Marriage is not a competition, right? It's a really long game. And that game has only one ending, which is when one of you dies, like, or both of you die, right? So it's a really, there's a long game there. And you, there's no, there's no time clock and there's no pause and there's no halftime or anything. I, I don't usually use sports analogies, but it works best. I know you're looking at me like, are you using a sports analogy? Yes, I, I am. I don't ever do that, but I'm doing it now. But it's a great description of you've got to be selfless, right? And you, it, it get, so some men think uh, erroneously, and, and maybe not everybody. This is, I'm not by any means saying these are, these are like blanket statements that are rule based for everybody. Like it doesn't work for everybody. Everybody's different and they have different needs and, circumstances are different and there could be really bad situations that are not covered by what we're talking about. But I have seen more things get fixed by sacrificing and loving the other person than any kind of meeting, conversation, therapy, whatever, vacations, purchasing things, like all those are temporary. A vacation is great while you're gone and it may fix a few things, but when you come back, everything's the same. Although sometimes loving your wife is taking her on vacation. Sad. Very true. Very true. Sometimes you can see it's an emergency. We've got to leave and you, you punch out and go take a vacation just so she doesn't, you know, slaughter everybody in the house. But, you know, and it's, it's that the covenant that was made and the oath that you swore to love them has so much power in it that it's not recognized or discussed anymore. Like we don't really get how strong it can be if you really love your wife and you lift her up and not not never tear her down like never especially publicly never tear your wife down ever that's just wrong i don't if you're listening and you do that you're wrong and there's no two ways about that you do not tear your wife down so thirdly you need to examine where you are if the, if these are problems if you can't love like this then you know you may think man if i was really if i was out of this then Life would be so much better. No, I don't think it would be. We're pretty sure that's not the case, right? And you already swore to somebody who is eternal that you would be together anyway. So, And not only that, the covenant is not just with one another. It's with the Lord. Yeah, it's the person. So, yeah. so yeah, so so your covenant is with God to love, to honor, to obey, to all the things that we said in our, in our vows. Yeah, and I'm not, and look, there are, plenty of life circumstances that happen and there are people who don't stay married and they have a second wonderful second marriage i i get all that right i know there are a large tableau of circumstances that exist in the world that can be painted what i'm speaking specifically to is who you are with now how you should be you you have you have sworn to love them and you need to love them and and i I don't want it to sound sort of like cliched we just keep reiterating it but I am living proof of the power of sacrificing and loving my wife more than anything, always consciously loving you, right? It helps that I think you're just super neat and uh, <laughs> I enjoy being with you. All those things are like a sidebar that work great, but, but I have seen the power of that, that what you came from and the things that happened to you in your life and, and, and the shaping and molding of where we are and what you are now came from a, a significant portion of me just making the conscious effort to love you every day. And plus, I like to be, I think you're, I mean, I I love championing you because I think you're amazing. So it's very fun. It's fun and easy. And the benefits are I get to be with you. So I think that I can't, I can't really overstate it. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to kind of rehash the same thing over and over again, but uh, to your original question, which I talked about four minutes again to, you know, 
you've got to make the conscious effort to love because it's not a fleeting feeling. This isn't. Uh, this is work. It, it takes work. It is. It it absolutely is, and it's not always easy. But no. it's something that we're commanded to do in Scripture. In the passage in Ephesians, husbands are to love their wives, and so I hope this has encouraged our listeners to really examine their love for God and their love for their spouse. And I think next week we should talk about the wife's duties All to right. to honor and to obey. So. Sounds good. Till next week. Bye-bye.